0: I told you about Cityquake. We are honored to have our friend Tom Rotolo here this morning. Let me tell you a little bit about him in case you missed Cityquake. Tom his, lives in Texas, but a Pennsylvania native, right? Connecticut. Okay. All right. And he has for, it was a number of years. He's been in pastoral ministry, part of two church plants. Woo! Man. Uh, in 2008, um, he was part of the the, the, um, the heart behind forming Power and Love conferences with Todd White. Who has heard of Power and Love? Anybody heard of Todd White? Just Google it. It's all over the place. So um, over a period of 11 years, I believe they p- uh, sort of hosted nearly over, what, over 100 different, 116 Power and Love Conferences worldwide. So um, Tom was the architect behind that, and in 2019, the Lord downloaded on him a call for um, a slightly different kind of a thing called Cityquake. You know, he probably will tell you a little bit more about that, but it's, it's a three-day conference, activation conference, that we just finished last night. But it also kicks off something called Aftershock, which is really where the meat of it, where the fruit of it is going to be seen. After, Aftershock is going to be eight weeks of you and I coming together for just a real brief time of, 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 of sort of let's let's let's... Have a a, uh, just a brief time together and then we're gonna go out on the street and take the kingdom with us It's gonna be awesome. It's we've been doing it this last week each day. How many of you went out? Okay, you actually went out and we're ministering to people on the street. That's what aftershock is It's continuing that same um, Initiative for the next eight weeks. So we're gonna be we're gonna be a part of that as well Um, So we've not nailed down the the exact date or when we're gonna Time of the week we're gonna start that but we'll be getting that information to you so we're excited about that. We want to see what God does through all of that. So my friend Tom, come on up. Let's welcome him King's Church style. All right.
1: I, I, I just, I love being here. I love after doing two church plants, starting out small, growing, then, you know, have the times where like, oh, the summer, like everybody, where did everybody go, you know, and then, and then just. Uh, it's just, but I still, I love every bit of it. I love, I love watching what God's doing in people's lives, um, big or small. You know what I mean? Because it ultimately comes down to every, whether you have a thousand people, you have a hundred people, you have 10 people. um, It just comes down to those those are individual lives that are getting impacted for the kingdom. And I just think, Oh, he, he's, he's still in here. I wasn't sure. Um, so, Pastor Brad, I, and I, I have a special fond affection for you now, especially when I see that you wear pineapple socks. I I, I just thought that was, that was especially like, man, that guy, he's, he's got it together. Uh, you've got an amazing pastor. Pineapple socks, that's just... See, I don't think I could have done that. I don't know. I, I think I, I, would, I needed something else to get to that level, but... Anyway, um, I'm curious, like, uh, I, how many, again, were not able to be here this week for, for City Quake? I just, because I want to kind of catch you up a little bit. Uh, I know some of you, uh, uh, could, could some of you who were here and had a, a testimony, can we just have take maybe time for like two testimonies? Um, yeah, c- come up here real quick. I would love to hear, maybe, uh, I don't know if we have a handheld, um, oh, there it is, Yeah. You could could just share right from the floor.
2: Hey there. So I had a chance to go out and bless some people in restaurants and at uh, Whole Foods. Each time we went in and got checked out at the end, I'd ask the people, you know, how's your day? How are you? And people were really open and transparent and vulnerable and uh, genuinely got listened to. We got a chance to bless a lot of waiters, a lot of people on the street. A lot of people had pain in their body. We saw some healings and a lot of people got loved on and now know that you guys are here and ready to receive them.
1: Was was there one was there one particular one that like kinda got your attention that you like really enjoyed what yes. God did, watching what God did? Yeah,
2: so we went to IHOP and when we walked in we had a chance to sit at the front door because we were waiting for a table and we blessed the server and he ended up confessing that, you know, his friend was murdered. And he was 14 years old. And he had fear. So he asked me to pray for his heart. So I prayed for his heart. And he said it was really difficult for him to pray. He goes, my mom prays for me all the time. He goes, but I just have such a hard time. So I sat with him and I pressed into that question a little more because we sat there for quite a while. I said, what exactly is difficult about it? He goes, I don't know. I just get choked up. I said, can you do me a favor? My son's 19. Can you pray for him and practice with me? And he's like, sure. He goes, but this is hard. I don't know how good I'm going to do. I said, it's totally okay because I believe you're going to make a difference in people's lives to help them stay alive. Because his friend died, and he felt terrible. So one is I prayed a little bit, like, you know, against that spirit of fear and death that was around him, and two is he prayed. And he said, well, God, you know, I just pray for your, this, your son, Renee, that's me. And he really blessed my son, and I said thank you. So not only did it go out and pray for someone, equipped him now to pray for others.
1: Thank you. Good. <laughs> much, you
3: I was actually hoping for a chance to say this because I confirmed one thing with Pastor Brad just now. Yesterday... Um, I, another lady and I went out to uh, BJ's restaurant and we got to pray with the server who was just amazing like he didn't even want prayer for himself he wanted prayer for his co-worker's mother who's in ICU and he pulls up a chair, pull, grabs our hands and we're praying together so of course we covered all three of them <laughs> him and his and his coworker and the mom and behind behind well I was sitting where I could see this other table that came in and... Um, I exchanged numbers then with the mother of a little girl. The thing that caught my attention was, she was an infant and she had a hearing aid. And so as we were walking out, I just stopped by the mom and I said, um, hey, I just noticed your daughter you know, has a hearing aid. I'm a nurse and I work with, with medically fragile pediatrics for children and so this type of thing just really draws me in. And I was like, and then little girl's reaching for me and I said, is it okay if I touch her? And, and mom was like, sure. And then she said, <clears throat> She lost her hearing because of treatment for brain cancer. I said, okay, what kind of cancer? Glioblastoma. King's Church. That's what Brad's father died of. I'm declaring war. <laughs> and we, we prayed for this little girl then, and afterward, and we exchanged my numbers, and afterward the mom just you know, texted me saying, you know, thank you for your prayers. It meant the world. I don't think this was coincidence. I think God was speaking to me. And of course, I'm texting back to her, and you know we're going to be staying in touch. But the whole thing of just the, when the enemy takes one life out, that for me, it's declare war and and proclaim life for others. Can we just pray with? Yeah. For, for, yeah. For, Jesus, I thank you for letting us cross paths with Jackie and Camilla yesterday. I thank you that Brad's dad is with you, praising you in even more clear crystal ways that he could ever do it here on earth. But Lord, we do declare war. And we take the offense, not the defense. And in Jesus' name, I speak again to that glioblastoma and every effect of it and every effect of treatment in Camilla's life. I say be healed, body be totally restored, hearing and brain and all from the top of her head through the bottom of her feet and her whole being. Be whole in Jesus'
1: name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Amen. Amen. What, was there one more? I keep feeling like there's somebody else that like maybe didn't stand up right away, but you want to share. I want to give you time.
4: Oh, I got you. I got you. So um, actually yesterday, after doing the city quakes, it's a good kind of tired, but you get tired. Yeah. And so I came in, and I was kind of dragging, and Meg was like, you know, you're a little pale. So I, have you had B12? And I was like, you know, that thought occurred to me. So we went over to Whole Foods. And um, while we were there, turns out, I just kind of looked down the aisle and made direct eye contact with a guy that I knew. And I was like, Seth, you know, and uh, he was like, how you doing? So we just sit and we chatted for a little bit and told him about City Quake and about the conference and about the church. And um, once we get ready to leave, Meg was like, can we pray for you? And then I was like, yeah, do you have any, anything, or did I say any pain in your body? And he said, yeah. He said, my right hip is, is bothering me. And so, um, so we prayed for that for healing and we exchanged numbers because over the years, I guess we lost each other's numbers somehow, but he texted me later and he said, I just wanted to thank you all for your encouraging words. And, um, my hip, he said, is, significantly better and it has more mobility and more free moving. And um, he said, and he said, I had prayed for someone to come and pray for me. And so it was, it was a divine appointment. And so, yeah, so... Go God.
1: Did, did you see any like, improvement? Yeah, he, said,
4: he texted me and told me afterwards. We didn't ask him at the moment because uh-huh. I had to get back to make sets. Right. <laughs> so, but, but, but
1: he experienced even improvement in physical yeah, guess, physically. Yeah, physically,
4: like mobility. Yeah. He had improvement. And, yeah, so he was feeling better.
1: Awesome, awesome.
3: Anything?
1: Cool. So that that's the kind of thing that's been happening. I mean, there was literally, I don't know how many, uh, 100, 150, I don't know. We had uh, this week... I mean, there, there was, there was I, I count up, there was like 40 hours. I mean, since Wednesday night through last night, we were together for 40 hours, but uh, about, let me see, about five, hour, five hours a day, so about 15 hours were spent out there because we don't want to just hear the word of God. We want to do it. And, and so that's what we were trying to do. We were trying to, uh, th- this whole concept of whether it would be power and love or now city quake, it's a concept of let's not just hear the word of God Because when you just hear the word of God, it's going, hmm. let me put it this way. You can think you know the word of God and not really know it. Because you don't really know the word of God until it becomes a part of you, until you become become obedient in the word of God. Jesus didn't just say the things, you know, I've taught you, you know, uh, know them really well. He says, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll obey what I've, I've told you to do. And, and oftentimes we stop at the learning and don't ever get to the doing. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to do this week. And that's what's going to continue happening, like pastor said, with Aftershock. And I really encourage you to get out, uh, to, to come out. Because... The enemy wants to do two things. First of all, he wants to separate you from the pain of the world, M- meaning like he wants you to wall yourself off so you're not in touch with people's pain out there. And some of you, th- some of you think, Tom, I'm. I hear about painful things all the time. I have painful things in my life. I have you know, whether it be physical things, emotional things, whatever. I have family, friends, whatever. I. I I'm in touch with a lot of pain out there. Well, what he wants you to do because of that, he wants you to make you feel like you are, don't have any power to do anything about it. And what you really have is the power of the Holy Spirit to do something about it. And so what, what this is, what aftershock is, what, what's going on is, is to get us as the people of God who hear week after week, we have this amazing Holy Spirit. We have, we have the ability to move into people's lives. We have the power, ability to bring love. We have the power to bring Jesus to, to, to set them free, whatever, and we hear about it, but seldom are we actually acting on it. And the more, I'll tell you, the more we act on it, the more our confidence is gonna build. The more all of a sudden we're gonna be able to, when we sing the songs, we have a great God, we have an awesome God, we have an amazing God, The more we act on it, the more we're going to really know how amazing he is because we're going to watch him work right through us, through our mouth, through our hands. We're going to be able to see, wow, he just healed through me. And if you're only praying for people once a month or once every couple months or whatever, if you're only having that ability, you're not going to see much happen. But if every day this becomes a lifestyle of love, a lifestyle flowing out of you, then then you're going to see, literally, you're going to see miracles happen every day. Wouldn't that be cool? Like, every day, wherever you go, whether you're shopping at the grocery store, at the gas station, at the, uh, just I, on the phone, I, I love, um, uh, we have this app called Marco Polo, and people share testimonies on there regularly. And I'm just amazed, because, like, people will get, you ever get irritated when somebody, like, calls you, and it's like they're just trying to sell you something? Right? It irritates me. Uh, You know, how did you get my number? You know, (laughs) but I usually don't say that. Well, if I say it, I'll say it nicely. Like, where did you get my number? I'm just, I'm curious sometimes. But anyway, but the folks that are thinking Jesus, there's been so many testimonies of they're like, hey, you know, they'll listen to him for a while, listen to the spiel, whatever. And then they'll say, hey, listen, I don't think I need that today, but as I've been listening to you, I've been praying for you. And is this going on in your life? And they might net, you know, they might mention a physical thing, an emotional thing, a relationship thing or whatever in their life. And all the person, and then you hear this silence. And like, yes, how did you know that? And, and then they'll begin to pray, they'll begin to minister. I mean, to me, that's, what's, that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's how we're supposed to be on for Jesus. That, that, that it's not just about, at, you know, attending a church service and, 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 and being really encouraged by amazing worship and things like, things like that. And so that's what, that's what this is about. And, and I believe we need to get back to the basics of what Jesus told us to do. Um, I want, if you have your Bible, turn to Mark chapter two. Mark chapter two, I, I um, let's pray. So Father, thank you so much for, for what you've already done through City Quake, Thank you for, for, for those that have become energized and are beginning to understand more of how, what you've called them to. But Lord, I pray for every single person here. But Would you line us up more with how you've created us for love, how you created us so that every day we can walk in love, we can love the person in front of us. Lord, I pray that you would break down the barriers that the enemy has created that would separate us from people, separate us, think that they don't need anything, think that they don't need you, think that that they are doing fine, I don't have to move into their lives. Lord, I pray that you would begin to give us eyes to see people the way you see them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Um, Mark chapter 1. I love this. I love this passage. I, it's kind of like one of my favorite after city quake passages to focus on because to me, there's, there's so much here. I'm just, I'll just read this. And um, let me just read the first five verses. And I know, listen, I know you've heard this story before. I know it. Like if you've been a Christian any at length of time, I know you've heard this story but I'm hoping, hopefully, I will deliver it in a way that makes it come alive for you a little bit more this morning. Because this is Jesus when he had come back to Capernaum several days afterwards. It was heard that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that he was no longer even near the door. Uh, there's no room, yeah, even near the door, and he was speaking the word to them. So, Jesus comes back to Capernaum. It's kind of like his home base. It's a, he grew up in Nazareth, but Capernaum was kind of like his home base for ministry. And he had been out uh, speaking in other areas. And he comes back, uh, and it says that he, they heard he was at home. Now, you know why they knew he was at home, right? It was because they had been advertising in the Capernaum Gazette that, uh, you know, revival meetings at Jesus' house, pizza served. No, that's crazy, Tom. It wasn't that. It was the radio ads they had. They were going all week long, special meetings. No. How, How did all these people hear about Jesus? You know how? It was the Jesus stories. Let me summarize it, put it this way. It was, the, it was the miracles that Jesus had done that people began to talk about. Come on now. I, I don't mind. I, I, I mean, I believe in social media, getting the word out, advertising signs, you know, uh, whatever. I believe in all that. But I believe that the church has left the best promotion uh, of, of, of what we have, we've left it behind And we've now, oftentimes we can depend upon all these other means of marketing. And we've just, when we need to get back to the main thing is the Jesus stories. And the Jesus stories, what I mean by that are the Jesus stories through us. The miracles that are happening through us. We have so, we've we've come to a place where we don't even expect God to do much. And we need to get back to like saying, no, God can, God can work through his people. God can do miracles through us. We're not just singing about a great God. We actually can experience a great God every single day. But we've got to give him an opportunity to work. We have to give him an opportunity that we say, Lord, I'm available and I'm going to step out. And I'm going to pray for people. And I'm going to believe that you're going you're to work and that you're going to bring things uh, you're, you're gonna, there's going to be something that's going to happen, and I'm going to have a story to tell, and that story is going to draw other people to Jesus. Is this making sense? That, that's that's the testimony of Jesus. That's that's what makes him famous, and we need to get back to that. And but it was happening back then. Jesus was, was uh, they had heard about him, not because of the great marketing that his disciples were doing, but they just heard the Jesus stories. And it says, now here, here's the cool thing. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Now we read that. I, I mean, I wish there was more. Like I have all kinds of questions. Like how'd they hear about, it? How, was, it, was it the paralytic that heard about Jesus? Or was it the four men that heard about Jesus and they said, hey, let's get, we, I think Jesus might just heal our friend here. Was it something like that? I don't know. It doesn't really tell us. But somehow there had to be a conversation like, hey, Jesus is back in town. Just maybe our friend here, he can't walk. He's been, he lives on this pallet. Maybe if we just get him to Jesus. And so, so they, they, they were talking, they're like, we got to get our friend to Jesus. We, we got to get our friend to Jesus. And the, uh, their friends get their friends to Jesus. Uh, let me say that again. Friends. Yeah. <laughs> Phone's out of control. Um, friends get your friends to Jesus, right? That's right. Listen. Listen. These guys decided, I, we, got, we got to get our friend to Jesus. And I don't know how long, I mean, I imagine, was it, was it a couple of blocks they had to walk carrying him? Was it a mile? Was it two miles? I don't know. It doesn't tell us. But they, you know, when you're carrying a guy on a pallet, it's, it's not easy. And they're carrying him. All right, let's get him. Let's get him to Jesus. All right. Oh, my goodness. And they get to the house, and they realize it's so crowded, they can't even get they're friend of Jesus. They, they can't even get him there. How, how, what are we going to do? I, and I wonder about the conversation that happened then. Maybe, maybe they're like, oh, maybe we should come back tomorrow. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, it, they're so crowded. I don't even know how we can get it. And I don't, who, who knows? Maybe it was the paralytic like, no, today's the day. Get me to him today. Or, or if it's the guy's like, no, we got to do something. We, this is... This is really important. And, and they decided, why don't we go up on the roof? Up on the roof? Jesus isn't on the roof. I know, but and usually in those, those days, the, 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 the roof was like a... Uh, was like a, where they'd wash their clothes, they'd bathe, they would, they would, uh, and 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 so at least they're like, well, at least we'll get them closer. If we get up on the roof, we're at least closer to them. Then we can figure out the next step. And they had to like carry guy, they carry the guy up onto the roof. I mean, this is a lot of work. Yeah. Come on. But friends, get your friends to Jesus. Come on, man. Friends, get their friends to Jesus. Friends, get even friends that aren't their friends yet. To Jesus, you know, we were doing that this week. Some of you were being friends to the folks that were out there, they didn't have any idea of your name before you said hi to them. Before you said, Hey, how are things going? Oh, that's that's interesting. That, that's a cool hat. That's a that's an interesting, uh, you know, uh, bracelet you're wearing. Or, uh, I, I had a friend once that he would go up to people, if they're wearing a cross, he's like, man, that's a cool cross. Where'd you get that? And, you know, because these days people just wear crosses, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything about Jesus, right? So he said, where'd where'd you get that? And you tell him where he got it. And he's like, man, uh, what does that cross mean to you? And like, oh, not too much. I just thought it was cool. I'll just wear it. And he he said, can I tell you what that cross means to me? To me, I just thought that was a great, entry point into, into somebody's life let me just tell you what that cross means to me and uh, anyway so what do we do though I mean you think okay Tom I understand friends get their friends to Jesus but Jesus isn't here like he's gone back to heaven he, how, how, how do friends get their friends to Jesus today what does that mean I'm going to turn you to a, a different verse, or we're going to kind of do a little, a little uh, you know, go on a little rabbit trail here, but I'll come back to Mark 2. And you're going to think, when I, when we, when I read this verse, you're going to think, why, what in the world does this verse have to do with what we we're just talking about? But it does. Luke seven, eighteen. This is the story of John the Baptist. John the Baptist, remember him, right? He was like preparing the way of the Lord, you know, and, 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 and he introduced Jesus on the scene, baptized Jesus. And, uh, and then we don't hear a lot about him, but we know we had this like, he, he came against the, 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 the ruler in the area and he basically kind of like rebuked him for his, his marriage situation. And, and, uh, and, and that got John the Baptist in jail. And, and, and there was a, literally a death sentence over him, like he was, he was waiting to be put to death. And he began to wonder. He began to doubt. He began to like, hold on a second. Could this really be real? Is Je- Maybe Jesus isn't really the Christ, the one we were waiting for. Maybe he's just regular old Jesus. And he began to wonder. So it says in Luke 7, 18, John's disciples told him about these things, meaning they're telling him about Jesus, what's happening with Jesus. Calling two of them, he, or John the Baptist, sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one one who is to come or should we expect someone else? Meaning, are you the one that the Old Testament prophesied? Are you the one that we've been looking forward to? Or, Or is there really somebody else? Are you really not him? Should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time. Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits. He gave sight to many who were blind. And so he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who are of leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. You see what Jesus did here. The men came to Jesus. John's wondering, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes... I mean, John had this plan. John thought, okay, Jesus is on the scene now. Something amazing is going to happen. Like the, the, the king is here. We're going, to, we're going to celebrate. Everything's going to change politically, socially, whatever. Yay. And now I'm in jail. Plans were not going as he had planned. And when that happens, you begin to wonder. Hold on, hold. I mean, like it's like, hold. Is this real? Is Christianity real? Is Jesus real? Is what's going on here? I don't know about you, but sometimes you begin to wonder and you begin to ask questions. Like, hold it. And so John was asking questions, and he sent his disciples. He's like, "Did I get it wrong, or did I get it right?" And you notice what Jesus did. I don't know if you caught that when I was reading, but Jesus doesn't answer his, the, 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 the two disciples' questions right away. You notice what he does? He heals the sick. It's, he says there's leprosy, cleansed, lame walk, sight. Uh, those who are blind receive sight, deaf heal. I mean, so it's almost like Jesus is like, oh, oh, excuse me, just a second. I know you asked that question, but ho- hold on a second here. Boom, 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 boom power of God, healing. He let them watch what he did. Right? And then he comes back to me, he said, he said, go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. And he says, all these things happen. He said, go back and report. Blessed is he who does not stumble on account of me. This is exciting. This is amazing when you think about it, because what he's saying, John, don't believe that I am who I say I am because of my words alone. I don't want to just tell your disciples, yes, I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. I don't want to just tell you that. I want to demonstrate it for you. It's kind of like what Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 2, 5, where he says, where he says I didn't want your, your, uh, your faith to rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And so he's like, boom, 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 boom. Okay, now John's disciples, go tell them what you've seen and heard. This, basically saying, yes, I am not just Jesus of Nazareth, not just a man who who, who has some followers. I am Jesus, the Anointed One, the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Does this make sense? How how does that how that uh, how, what does that have to do with what I just talked about earlier in terms of friends bring the friends of Jesus? Listen. There are churches all over the area. There's also, I'm assuming there's probably some mosques. There's some uh, uh, other meeting places. There's, who knows? There could be witchcraft meetings. There could be uh, new age meetings. There's all kinds of stuff out there. And you know what people are doing? People like, yeah, you're talking about your Jesus, but I just think he's just Jesus. I don't think there's anything special. I don't think he's the son of God. I don't think he was God, the son come to earth. I just think, you know, there are many ways to God. Jesus might be one. Somebody else, I don't know, I'm an atheist. I'm a this, I'm a that. I'm, and, and 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 you're running into people all the time that don't believe about Jesus. How do you get your friends to Jesus today? Well, it just so happens that Jesus was Jesus the Christ because of the Holy Spirit that came on him and who anointed him. That's what the word Christ means, the anointed one. He was one. And it just so happens that when Jesus left, he said, okay, I'm going to send this anointed one that has filled me. I'm going to, when I leave, I'm going to send the same Holy Spirit and he's going to fill you. And you're actually going to kind of take on my name. You're now going to be the body of Christ. You're going to be the anointed one. You're going to be the one filled with the Holy Spirit. And when somebody gives you the argument of, hold on, yeah, you know, you can believe that. You know, if you have faith for that, that's fine. I don't have faith for that. When they don't believe our words, we should be able to do boom, 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 boom. Listen, I don't want you to believe just on account of my words alone. There's a lot of people out there teaching a lot of things out there. How do we know? Listen, I want you to be able to see. We want to be able to do what Jesus did. We want to, do, we want to be able to say, don't, I don't want you just to believe my words. My good teaching, my good preaching. There's always going to be somebody else teaching and preaching better and coming up with something that sounds better. But we want faith to rest not just on words of wisdom, but on the power of God. I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to tell you a story of a friend of mine named Gary Oates, who uh, and 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 I'll tell you right up front. I want you to the the essence of what's in this story. I want you to borrow. I want you to make your own. Let me tell you what he did. It's interesting. Uh, we he was in Brazil. I've been to Brazil uh, uh, so many times, I, have, I lost count, and, and it's amazing. The power of God in Brazil is incredible. He was in Brazil, and uh, he was about to start a meeting. There's probably 2,000 people at, at this meeting, and he, he was about to start, and the ushers came to him and said, Pastor Gary, uh, w- we need to tell you about something. There's, there's some... Uh, people from the Mukumba Center, which is a witchcraft center, they're down the street, and they're here all dressed in their witchcraft garb, and they're casting spells. And we're just thinking we should remove them, but we want to check with you first. And he said, like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't do anything. I'll, I'll handle this. And he wasn't planning on getting up before worship, but he ended up getting up and he just, hey, I want to welcome everyone here uh, in the city that, that's come out tonight. And, and, and I, I especially want to welcome those from the Macumba Center down the street. And, he, and I said, he said, let me just tell you, that there, you're going to see a lot here tonight, but let me, just, let me just tell you two things, especially to you from that uh, Macumba Center. He said, he said, first of all, he said, I'm glad you're here but you may not want to cast spells because we've prayed and there's protection here and we don't want those things bouncing back on you and hurting you, right? And so so you may want to stop that. But the other thing is actually much more important. He said, I want to ask your forgiveness. He said, I believe that there was a time growing up when you realized that you are not just you're not you, you were created in such a way for supernatural power to flow through you that the very design of God how he designed us was designed so that supernatural power should flow through us And you looked around and you probably did not see that power in the church of Jesus Christ. So you looked to the next best thing that you thought was the next best thing. And that was the power of the Macumba and witchcraft. Because there is power there and it will flow through you. Only it is an imitation of the real. And I want you to know that tonight that you are going to see the power of God in the church of Jesus Christ as it should be, and you're going to want to give up the lesser for the greater tonight. I thought there was a lot of wisdom in that. And I I want you to make this your own. How are you going to make it your own? Listen, when you meet somebody out there, oh, yeah, I had this experience in church, and oh, yeah, that happened to me there, and oh, yeah, you know, it was just boring and whatever— and you can be able to do the same thing. Listen, I'm so sorry that the people of God did not resent, re- represent Jesus the way he's supposed to be represented. But right now, I want you to expect, experience the power of God right now. See, that takes faith. That t- that you are out there on the, on the branch, and you feel like, is the branch going if to... If, if God doesn't come through right now and, and back up what I'm saying... I'm going to look like a fool. But you know what? That's where we need to be, folks. We need to be right where Gary Oates was with that meeting. We need to be, like, if God didn't show up in that meeting and do, and, and do, and, and do supernatural things, Gary was going to look like a fool. But you know what happened? There was all kinds of miracles in that meeting, and many of those witches got saved that night. But I tell you, church of Jesus Christ, rise up. It is time for us to get out on the limb, out on the branch, speaking, declaring what, God, what we know, being the hands and feet of the body of Christ and being out there and believing the power of God. It's not just, listen, I believe that we, you might say to yourself, well, I, I don't see much power. I don't see much power at church. I remember as a pastor, I, you know, when I prayed for people, I might see 5 to 10% of the people healed. And then I realized It's because we're keeping it all to ourselves. It's like the spigot of the power of God has been shut off because we've just been keeping it and we've just been, in a sense, playing in our services and having it here. The power of God is meant to flow through us. We're only going to see the power of God as we take it out there as we begin to step out in faith, as we begin to step out in risk, as we begin to step out and to see God work through us. Try it today. If you go out to lunch, whatever, just try. Listen, hey, waitress, waiter, can I pray for you? Is there something going on in your body? We're about to pray for our meal. Can I pray for you as I'm praying? What's going on in your life? Oh, do you have any pain in your body? I mean, step out. Listen. Verse four and five and being unable to get to him because of the crowd. They removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their face, said to the paralytic, my son, your sins are forgiven. What is going on here? They come in. They carry him. They get up on the roof. They're like, okay, Jesus is down there somehow, and we got to get our friend to Jesus. What, how do we do this? I don't know. And they began to dig through the roof. Now, I don't know if it was a mud roof. I don't know if it was a thatched roof part. I, I'm not, it doesn't tell us all the details. But they began to dig through the roof. Why? Because they have to get their friend to Jesus. And Jesus is there teaching, maybe ministering. I don't know. But he's looking up now. And it doesn't say he sees a weird sight of a man. They're trying to get a man down through a hole in the roof. It doesn't say he saw all this material. I mean, listen, when you dig down, you're not catching everything. Stuff is falling. And, and it doesn't say they see a strange sight of, 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 of parts of the roof falling down. It, you know what it says? It says Jesus seeing their faith. He's looking up, and he's looking through all the stuff that's going on, and he's seeing faith. I think that's amazing. That's good. You know, Jesus is looking through all the stuff of our life, and he's like, is there going to be any faith today in my people? Is there anybody going to believe me? Is anybody going to be stepping out on that limb? Is anybody going to be trusting that my word is true and that I will back them up? Is anybody out there? And Jesus is like, wow, look at those guys' faith. And then he created a situation. You know, he, he said, my sons, your sins are forgiven. Why? Because he's trying to make a point to the Pharisees around there. And, and the story goes on. But the part that I love and the part that I want to be able to say, come on, Jesus, every day I want you to see my faith. Not just my faith that I believed in you 43 years ago. Uh, but, but I want to see, I want to please you today by stepping out in faith today. And believing that you want to use me. I'm your tabernacle. And everywhere I go, there's going to be power flowing through me. That is going to make the difference. Then then you're not just going to have a message of good news. And it is good news. But you're going to have the power to go along with it. Is this making sense? Jesus seeing the faith. Listen. Jesus is looking for faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, it says. It says in Luke 18, 8, when the Son of Man returns, I believe, how many believe that Jesus could come back in our lifetime? I believe believe he can come back in our lifetime. If he does, then this verse is for us. He says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Luke 18, 8. He's looking ahead thousands of years. I'm wondering if I'm going to find faith then. And he's not, again, talking about faith for, for salvation. He's saying, is any of you going to be trusting me and stepping out on what I said? These guys, listen, if you were there that day, sitting in the second row before Jesus, thinking any minute now, I'm going to get him to pray for me. I've heard the Jesus stories. I'm here to hear, to hear more. And all of a sudden, what is that falling on me? Oh, oh my goodness. What, what are these guys doing? Are they crazy? Who's going to pay for that roof? Hey, they're cutting in line. I, you know, listen, you know, I would be thinking that you would be thinking it too if we were there. We didn't have the story. We didn't have, we didn't have what we know now, right? You're just sitting there and this is happening. But Jesus is seeing their faith. Listen, those guys... How do I say it nicely? They look like fools. They look like fools. They were destroying property. <laughs> they, were, they were cutting in line. They were, they were desperate to get their friend to Jesus. But in the world's view, they would have looked like fools. Listen, sometimes faith looks like stupidity. When you have in that time between when you step out and when something happens, it's a little weird. Listen, I've had so many times people say, I believe Jesus wants to hear you, heal you today. I, listen, I want to pray for you, and you're going to be healed in the name of Jesus. And then you pray, oh my, okay, what's going to happen? It's a little tense. It's a little bit like, okay, I could look like a fool here. But you know what? I'd rather be Jesus' fool than somebody who looks good and not please Jesus. Sometimes faith looks like stupidity in the world's eyes. Now listen. Listen. Just because you do something foolish, don't blame it on faith. Sometimes we just do foolish things, okay? Uh, But if you're going to move in the power of God, you're going to have to get used to at times feeling a little foolish. And I'll tell you, we grow up we grow up in society. We grow up and what do we want to do? We want to like dress a particular way so we don't look stupid. We want to, you know, smell a particular way so we don't smell bad. We, we, we want to talk a certain way so that we, people don't think that we're fools. We want, we've learned how to not look foolish. And then this guy comes along and preaches on a Sunday morning and says, listen, if you're going to live and risk, you might feel like a fool and look like a fool. It goes against the grain of everything we've learned. I'm telling you. But Jesus is looking for faith. And when you step out of your comfort zone for the sake of somebody else, because you have compassion on them. You want to see them healed. You want to see them get to know your Jesus. Yes, Oh, they're making fun of Christians. They're, they're dressed in a way they believe a whole different style. The, 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 the world has so beat them up. They believe things that are so crazy whatever. But listen, we're not, they're not our enemies. The enemy has just fooled them and blinded their minds, and we come along. And if when we rise up and we begin to do this more and more, we realize we can take the blinders off. We can by bring the glory of God in them by seeing, getting a word for them, getting a, a, a praying for them for healing, praying for breakthrough, praying for, th- praying for them in a way, showing them love will be a breakthrough, Pre- telling them about the gospel, telling them testimonies of what happened to you. These are things that we have. These are tools. I just mentioned about five different things, and each one of those I could probably go on for about three hours each. But you have at your disposal things that will open up people's hearts, and we need to get used to using them by faith. Is this making sense? Yes. Let's just close our eyes and just take a minute before the Lord. What is he speaking to you this morning? Just between you and him, what, what point or points are the things that you need to act on today?